0: Hey guys, thanks for tuning us in for this 60 second episode of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. Special guests for this episode include actor and podcaster Steve Sharipa. We'll also visit with sports handicapper and friend of the podcast, Brandon Lang. We'll also visit with rock legend Dave Mason, Congressman Frank Lucas, actress Danica McKellar, and artist, country rocker, Jason Charles Miller. If you would, please take the time to subscribe, drop a like, comment, leave some feedback, and share with your friends. Our first guest is actor and friend of the show, Steve Sharipa. We talk about the upcoming new season of Blue Bloods. First off, Steve, great to visit with you, brother
1: talking I you. hope you're well,
0: man. Do, doing well. It's uh, obviously it's it's been a different year than any of us expected coming in, Steve, but the good news, the uh, Blue Bloods new season coming up uh, on on Friday, and uh, how excited are you to have the, the, the new season available this weekend?
1: Oh, it's great. You know, uh, we're lucky. We're one of the few shows that are actually up and running. We started at the beginning of October. We're, we're shooting the sixth episode now as we speak. Uh the shows look great, even with COVID and all the protocol, and we got to get tested three times a week. But uh, I think the show is, uh people are going to be very happy. And I know people are waiting for it, because uh, it's been a while. We haven't been on the air for, I don't know, since May, I think, or something like that. So uh I'm looking forward to seeing it, as are a lot of people, you know.
0: And Steve, how much how much different is the is the the, the process? It does does it make it harder to keep the the character and the, uh, the the realism? Does does it make that more difficult because of all the protocols being followed?
1: No, no, I don't think so. Not not that part. It's just harder. It takes longer to shoot. Uh, you know, you got to be careful. Uh, there's a, a smaller crew. But no, as far as the character and the and the work itself, no, you know, uh, uh, that's not affected at all. It's just the process of making it that that is affected, you know. But not the, you know, what you'll see on camera is, uh, you know, the good stuff you always see.
0: And Steve, uh, staying busy, especially during uh, the the quarantine, the coronavirus, the 2020, however you want to put it all, uh, you've also been staying busy. I know last time we visited about the podcast and how has the has the podcast helped you maybe maintain a little bit of sanity through all this?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't know what I would have done without it. Uh, And and Michael Imperioli, who's my co-host, I mean, he feels the same exact way. I mean, I, I don't know what I would have done, you know? And, uh, you know, looking forward to that, doing it once, twice a week, uh, watching the episode, taking notes, takes up a lot of my time. uh, And that's a good thing because I don't, I'm not out and about much. So I go to work and I do that. And, you know, we turned that into a book, in our oral history of the the Sopranos. Uh, That'll be out in the fall of 2021. So uh, if it's, if you're a Soprano fan, talking sopranos is a must watch we go over every episode we talk about behind the scenes stuff uh, we have all kinds of fantastic guests cast members directors writers so uh if you like the sopranos you gotta tune in
0: and and steve for for me we've been talking for years and and it's funny last time that we visited we talked about the podcast and I never watched an episode of The Sopranos. So after we visited last time, I sat down and I, and I binged the entire series. Are, are you finding new fans of the series as a result of, uh, of 2020?
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think there's more people watching it now than watched it back then. A lot of people didn't have HBO. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a younger generation uh, watching this, you know, that... Uh, Uh, You know, they're in their 20s. They were too young to watch it. 13 years ago, it ended, you know. Uh, So, no, absolutely. And then you could stream it on HBO and, and, and you could get it on demand. And there's all kinds of ways to watch this thing on Amazon. So, oh, there's absolutely more people watching it now and younger people. All kinds of websites and fan pages. Uh, the Sopranos is as popular as it's ever been.
0: That's that's wild. And now, now the season premiere, Blue Bloods, uh, Friday, ten Eastern, nine local time on CBS. Now, uh, Steve, what can we expect from from your character in the upcoming season? Without giving away too much,
1: uh, you know, he does uh, what he always does. I mean, he uh, eats a lot, and uh, he takes care of everyone so <laughs> that's all I could tell you
0: there you go well Steve it is, it is always great to visit with you my friend I'm I'm looking forward to the, the new season uh, this Friday evening hopefully uh, you have a great holiday season uh, be safe and enjoy time with the family and look forward to talking again real soon my friend
1: you too Cameron Merry Christmas to you Paul
0: all right, guys. Every week we get to visit with our friend Brandon Lang. I I, I call him the 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 best sports handicapper there is in the business, and uh, he's also our good friend, the host of the Sports Betting Show on uh, on the Believe Podcast Network as well. Brandon Lang on the line, and Brandon, good to visit with you this morning, my friend.
2: Yeah, well, I don't know if you you can call someone the best at something. I always say in in, in this business it's, it's better to be lucky than good
1: <laughs> and if
2: you if you bet that Monday night football game and and you had you had Seattle, you're on your knees and you're still crying today um if you had Philadelphia, you break out uh whatever God you worship, Allah Jesus Christ, the Easter Bunny, and you thank him because uh that was that was one of the most miracle covers. Ever. And then, and then Pittsburgh and Baltimore on, on Wednesday, um, line was 10 and a half and and the whole world, bet Pittsburgh and they give up a 50 yard touchdown pass with, uh, with like four minutes to go to allow Baltimore to cover Pittsburgh. Couldn't play worse. I mean, that was, uh, that was, that, that I stayed away and went to college basketball with with Alabama blown out Providence. So um, oftentimes when a team is struggling to pick up a third down and then they get a critical third down, I call it a drive igniter usually they will go on to score a touchdown all my friends will say that was a drive igniter well you win a game like Philadelphia on Monday night like I did and that's just uh that is a winning streak igniter and and we've done that so uh, so uh, we're in a good spot right now and uh, just looking to keep it going
0: that's right and uh plenty of uh of football over the weekend what uh, what stands out for you on the on the college side of things Brandon
2: well, I think you're getting some value with with Ohio University and Frank Solich. Buffalo puts up 70 over Kent State that's got no defense and looks like a world beater. But Ohio at home getting 13 and a half, I think that's a, a bit too many points. Skins gonna be closer than people think. I don't believe Buffalo is gonna be able to run the football basically like they they have been against this Ohio defense. Home team has covered the last three in this series. Frank Solich has always been a the underdog since coming to Athens uh 14 and five against the spread as a dog. Let's give uh, let's give Ohio a little look plus the thirteen and a half to uh to get the job done there. Um I think that game's gonna be a, a a little closer than people think. I like Auburn to bounce back. Alabama was my best bet last Saturday in college football. They got it done 42-13, but I believe this Texas and A M team's gonna be in a dog fight. Um by the way Gus Malzahn has beaten Jimbo Fisher three in a row outright. I look for Auburn to get it done. And let me tell you something: I don't know how Texas is going to get up off the deck with the way they lost that game to Iowa State last Saturday, and now go into Kansas State. Texas is only one five and one their last seven versus the point spread this year after that loss. And no covers their last three versus K-State. No covers last four in this series. And Cleman is 10-4 and as a dog since taking over for Bill Schneider. Kansas State uh, to get it done over Texas.
0: And uh, what uh, what NFL games are, are left for the weekend? Uh, what's the ones that stick out for you, Brandon?
2: Uh, San Francisco at home against Buffalo. Buffalo's got a home game next week against a uh, – against a a uh, a team called the, the 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 Pittsburgh Steelers. Um so travel all the way out to the West Coast with a home game against the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Little look ahead factor here. Like the fight of San Francisco and what they showed last week at the Rams. We'll take the Niners over over Buffalo plus that plus that one. Um I look for Atlanta at home plus 3 by the half point with the uh with the Falcons to keep that close against the Saints and potentially Pull off the upset there, at. I know Pittsburgh looked like garbage on Wednesday. Now you're asking them on a short week to go play Monday night against the uh Washington Redskins number one pass defense in the NFL Washington great d line they're getting they're getting ten and a half. Give me the Redskins plus ten and a half over the Steelers.
0: All right, and of course, uh, the, the Sports Betting Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network and, and the website, BrandonLang.com. Uh, Brandon, uh, always great to visit with you each week. Uh, look forward to the new podcast and uh, catch it up again next week, my friend.
2: That's it, my brother, BrandonLang.com. Let's we'll see if we can keep that going and uh, win some people some money
0: into the Christmas holiday. Our next guest is rock legend Dave Mason. We talk about the release of The Alone Together Again. Dave, always good to visit with you, my friend.
3: Yes, thank you. Good morning.
0: Now, now what uh, what was the final straw that uh, that that made you decide to 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 re-release, reimagine if you will, uh, 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 alone together again?
3: Well, I just I, <laughs> I kind of started uh <coughs> excuse me. Started kind of working on it um gosh, maybe 10 years ago or more. Um, so I was dabbling around with it, mostly, pretty much mostly for just for my own amusement. Um, then I came up with a what what um, finished up being on this redo of the album. Uh, the only radical departure from the original version would be World in Changes, uh, it was very different. From the original um so but basically i guess just over the over time um we kind of um the rest of the album was pretty much cut one afternoon in a studio while i was on the road just the tracks basically with my with my road band and then um i sort of got as it approached what would be the this year the 50th anniversary of the original release, um, sort of got to thinking more about, um, well, maybe we could, you know, redo this alone together, alone together became, which is interesting, became a big catchphrase in the last few months. And so I, <laughs> so alone together again. Um, and also, um, part of it too was the, uh, you know, all the original masters for the album all got lost in the fire in Universal. Uh, of course, that they they wouldn't have copies of it, but but that and all the rest of it, and I just was like, well, it's 50th anniversary. What the heck, you know? I'm going to put this together. And, and, you know, so we did the, C, the CD, which is in the same, I have to say, similar cover to the original uh, with a multicolored CD and then... Uh, Hopefully, we'll be um, by January. We'll have a limited edition of a uh, of multicolored vinyl, and then the the digital version of the album of "Alone Together Again" is, I guess, um, I believe it's today or tomorrow is the official release for that on uh, Shelter BMG, which I guess is available through all your usual download um, places. Which, frankly, I'm. Um, I'm I'm not very conversant with, to be honest with you. So,
0: <laughs> now, now, Dave but, did but uh, Dave,
3: <laughs> the CD, but the CD and the album stuff, all that, all the actual physical things, which is it's very cool. The CD, the way it came out, they're all available at DaveMasonMusic.com, dot uh, com, my website. So that's where the CDs can be gotten. That actually, if you um, if you go there, um, pretty soon I think there's a limited. Run a signed copies that I have uh, of the of the new CD. So. Get a couple for your Christmas stocking, you
0: folks. <laughs> now, now, Dave, did, uh, coming into 2020, obviously, we didn't see it uh, turning out the way that it has. But uh, I tell you, one of my favorite things that has come out of this year was that uh, the, the Dave Mason in the quarantines, uh, th- that version of feeling all right, I, I was actually, a couple minutes before we came on, I was jamming out to that this morning. I mean, how proud are you of that and, and what you've learned this year on the uh, the remote production work?
3: Well, yeah, uh, we got to put that out. If uh, people haven't if, this, if people haven't seen it yet, check it out. It's, again you can you can view it at DaveMasonMusic.com. Uh, it's just posted there. But uh, yeah, you know, I guess. Weird thing is, if it hadn't been for COVID, <coughs> it would ne- that little project would never have happened. I mean, in other words, putting put myself, Mick Fleetwood, Michael McDonald. All three of the Doobie Brothers and Sammy Hagar together to uh, perform Feeling All Right was, um, you know, it was. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I kind of asked everybody if they'd be up for doing it, and they were like, yeah, 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 of course, you know, absolutely. But, you know, sometimes dealing with artists, it's a little, you know, it's kind of a little like herding can. <laughs> so I wasn't completely sure. But yeah, it came and it came, I mean, it came off and it came out, I mean, considering we were, everybody did their piece, you know, their parts in separate locations. And then it was all sort of pieced together. I mean, it came out, it actually came out, um, as if we were just really all doing it together, the energy and stuff, uh, and the quality of it was just, I thought, I, I I thought was, was incredible for what it was. So, uh. I mean, just I just did, you know, put it together mostly just for fun, just I mean, give people a little smile and you know, make their, pick up their day a little bit for a few minutes, you know.
0: That's good stuff. And again, you can get that and uh, and also Dave Mason alone together again, all at DaveMasonMusic.com. And uh, Dave, I- I've got to say again, thank you so much for your time. And, and and like I said, that song has been a bright spot for a lot of folks this year. I, I appreciate that and, and your time. And uh, hopefully you have a, a very happy holiday season as well, my friend.
3: You too. Thank you.
0: Up next, we talk with Oklahoma Congressman Frank Lucas about what's going on in Washington, D.C. and how that affects us here locally. First off, uh, Representative, always great to visit with you, my friend.
4: Oh, absolutely! A pleasure to get to discuss what's going on here in the nation's capital. That's important and makes a difference back home in the real world in Oklahoma.
0: That's right. And uh, everybody, obviously, the the elections is the, the one of the top news notes. and the coronavirus. There's there's so many things pulling different directions. And uh, first off, uh, I'll let you talk what uh, what what it the inside look is uh, is from your vantage point.
4: Well, right now, the biggest, I think, single challenge we face uh, in constant, for that matter, the nation as a whole, is dealing with COVID-19. This pandemic, unlike anything we've had since my grandparents uh, were, were young men and women back 100 years ago, uh, this pandemic's putting a strain on us economically. It's putting a strain on us culturally. I mean, it's just, it's turned everybody's life upside down. There is progress being made. Uh, the British have now Authorized the use of the Pfizer vaccine in Great Britain. We are now in the process here in the nation's capital of waiting for the Food and Drug Administration to do their final approval and authorization for the Pfizer American version of their COVID-19 vaccine. I expect that any day now. Uh, Moderna, a second company, has filed for their application to have their version of the vaccine approved. There are a couple more out there, not very far away. So. I would hope by the end of the month, we'll begin to see vaccine available in the United States and in Oklahoma. Now, it's not going to be enough in the first few months to take care of everybody, but say we get 200,000 or 250,000 doses in Oklahoma, that'll be enough to begin to vaccinate the healthcare providers, the doctors, the nurses, the EMT uh, people, all those folks who are critical, and hopefully enough to address the needs of our uh, uh, patients in hospitals, in nursing homes, long-term healthcare. That's ultimately how we fix this. But until we get there, we've got to be very careful because there will be enough vaccine by the end of the first quarter of 2021, I think, for every American who wants a vaccination to get one. But until then, we've got to wear the face mask. We've got to wash our hands. We've got to maintain social distancing. We have to be careful. Everything our mothers told us when we were little kids, keep your distance, keep your hands clean, play nice. Everything they've told us, uh, we have to do. So we can get from now to the point where this scourge is behind us,
0: and, and obviously uh, the the downturn everybody is uh, is is affected by uh, in one way or another uh, financially, uh, probably as much as any. What is the what is the outlook to, to, to get us through the the, the point now until uh, obviously once the uh, the vaccine comes out, things will open up a bit. Obviously, a surge in the economy, but what uh, what's the outlook from here till then?
4: Absolutely, Cameron, you're right, because it will take so long for the vaccine to be distributed, for people to be vaccinated, for the immunity to build, as is the nature of any vaccine. So, how do we hold the country together until then? That's the great debate. We earlier this year in Congress passed and President Trump signed into law a COVID relief package that spent literally trillions of dollars holding the country together to get to this next stage. But right now, most of that money has either been spent. Or the ability to spend it has expired. So we need a follow up package to get us through the next few months. And that's where the great debate is. Speaker Pelosi in the United States House, the Democratic uh, majority uh, leadership person, wants to spend $2.4 trillion. Most of uh, my colleagues in the Republicans in the House, for that matter, the Senate and the White House, believe. That's just way too much. They want to address COVID and every other wish list they've ever had. So the Senate responded with a proposal for $500 billion. Now there's discussion maybe of around $1 trillion. But shortly, we need to do this. We need to replenish the PPP program and address the other issues so people can hold their businesses, hold their lives, hold their families together until that vaccine arrives and we really get past this. Uh, I've been amazed at how fast and aggressive Congress and the administration in 2020 have responded to this because there was never anything comparable to this in American history Uh, but now we need to do a little more to get there Uh, Speaker Pelosi wants more than anyone believes is necessary Uh, and Mitch McConnell and the Senate have come up on what they're willing to do I'm hoping any day now we get a compromise so uh, consensus, however you want to describe it so we can uh, enable people to hold their business. together. The PPP program, for instance, enables employers to pay their employees. Why does that matter? Well, if those employees are being paid, they can pay their rent. They can pay for their insurance. They can buy their groceries. They can take care of their families. This pandemic was not their fault. It's something that no one could have foreseen. So I'm hopeful, but speakers got to get more realistic. And my friends in the Senate have got to show a little more flexibility. And let's just get it done.
0: And I know just recently I received the press release that you are going to be returning as the Republican leader of science, space and technology. And I wanted to let you address kind of how that affects those of us here in southwest Oklahoma as well. I know you're you're taking our place there in Washington as well.
4: Absolutely. And most people think of me as the Ag Committee guy, the former chairman, the author of the 2014 Farm Bill, or they think of me as the member of the Financial Services Committee, jurisdiction over banking, and all of those kind of issues. But I have been for the last two years, and now will be for the next two years, the senior Republican, if we were in control, I'd be chairman of the Science, Space, and Technology Committee. That's the committee with jurisdiction over all of the space programs, NASA, Uh, Back to the moon, on to Mars, that's the committee with jurisdiction over the National Science Foundation. All the money that goes to research programs that the taxpayers fund to help move the country forward, we're responsible for the national labs, we're responsible for the research programs at the Department of Energy. Uh, Basically, it's the committee that focuses on how do we get to the future and how do we make sure America gets to the future first, Uh, It's an exciting committee. It also is the National Weather Service and all the forecasting issues that are there and their satellite programs. It's not a topic, a committee that comes up a lot in our town meeting schedules uh, when I do public events back home, but it's the committee that is where we go from now. And one of the big issues, Cameron, is the question about how do we not let the Chinese get ahead of us in space. Uh, The Chinese literally have... Uh, they're putting up rockets, they've got satellites orbiting the moon, they put landers on the backside of the moon, they're talking about a permanent Chinese moon base, manned moon base uh, in the next 10 years. They're talking about going on to Mars. We cannot cannot let the Chinese get ahead of us. You cannot let a totalitarian society control and dominate the off-world for the next 100 or 200 or 300 years. We can't let that happen. So part of my job is to get the attention of my colleagues, and President Trump's very supportive of all this, and Vice President Pence, making sure we don't let a communist society dominate the rest of history.
0: And for you, being from a small town, western Oklahoma, being in on meetings, uh, dealing with the space, the NASA, uh, how blown away are you sometimes by uh, some of the meetings that you're able to take part in?
4: You would be amazed at the things that are going on in our national labs. You would be amazed at the research being done in our public universities that's partially funded uh, by things like the National Science Foundation. It just the, the, not just the theoretical physics, but the practical applications. Oh, my goodness. Because remember, I'm old enough that uh, I remember life before cell phones. I remember life before uh, microchips and all that sort of thing. We've come so far in the last 50 years, it's amazing, and it's only going to speed up. But the Science Committee's responsibility is to make sure that we as taxpayers, our public investment in science is used to achieve the greatest possible return to us, but used in such a way that we all benefit from it. You don't want somebody like China controlling everything, or for that matter, you don't want a handful of people here in the United States controlling the future either. Uh, big responsibility, but it's a fascinating committee.
0: That's right. and uh, now now moving on to to other topics to, to kind of address uh, government funding, obviously uh, keeping the government rolling, obviously locally as well the the federal, the military uh, affected by that as well. I wanted to give you a, an opportunity to talk about where we're at with that, sir.
4: Absolutely. Regular appropriations process should have been over on October 1, 2020. But because of the election year, the rancor of the presidential campaign, all of the stuff going on, what the appropriators did was basically run a bill to fund the federal government from October 1 until December 11, a week uh, from from this Friday, at last year's levels. So now the, the the struggle is on to finish that. And funding the government shouldn't be that complicated. The problem is, again, Speaker Pelosi has a different perspective uh, than the rest of us here and a different perspective than President Trump. So you got to work that out. The COVID issues factor in there, the COVID relief assistance and all that. So there's a whole bunch of spinning plates going on all at once here. I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic that we'll get there. I don't want a government shut down because not only does it affect our friends in the services, the military services who protect each and every one of us. But it also affects everything from USDA to the federal part of education programs, the federal part of transportation programs. We don't need in a time when the economy is strained under COVID-19 to have a shutdown. I hope the powers that be here understand that, and will will get, get this done in an orderly way in the next uh, week and a half.
0: And obviously we talk about so much heaviness out there, but we also talked about the, the, the possibility of a vaccine. And uh, and once the economy gets that boost again, I mean, I, I believe the the shutdown and uh, the, the, the darkness that we've seen is unlike anything we've ever seen. But I also think the light at the end of the tunnel could be brighter than we've ever seen as well.
4: Oh, it will be incredible because there's so much pent-up economic activity out there. And one of the other issues about COVID-19. And I put my science hat back on for just a minute. The fact that in literally a matter of weeks from the time they were able to isolate the virus to get its DNA mapped out to the development of not just one or two or three, but there's 140 different vaccine formulations out there to get that into mass production, to get it certified and not cut corners. They didn't cut corners to get it to the point where it'll be available now in Great Britain, and in not many days in the United States is incredible, but that also means that as other viruses, as other contagions appear on the scene, this technology will enable us to respond to them quicker, and don't be surprised if in a number of virus-related health issues we deal with now, certain forms of cancer, certain forms of other things, this same technology won't enable us to come, will, I believe, enable us to come up with ways to, by vaccination, address that too. So this is a quantum leap forward. More people and more resources have gone into this COVID-19 vaccine development more than in Apollo. I know that's hard to believe the moon program when I was a little boy, but this is the biggest government program, public and private, since the Manhattan Project developed the atomic bomb in the Second World War. think about the magnitude and the scope of that.
0: Wow, and uh, speaking of also 2020, what is what is maybe the one thing that you've had to had to learn uh, this year that, uh, that 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 you're going to appreciate as you as you move forward in years to come?
4: Well, I would never have guessed that I would wear something on my face this many days, hours, weeks, months in a row, and I would have never have guessed that I finally learned to put my hands in my pocket and not shake hands. I bump elbows with people. I will wave at you at six feet, but we don't shake hands. I carry a bottle of germicide that I put on my hands always. The thing about uh, the change in personal habits is I know this stuff's unpleasant for all of us individually. I know the masks are awkward and they're hot. And I know your hands dry out when you're putting on this disinfectant all the time. And I know most people this will just be a bad cold perhaps but we have to show compassion for the old, the infirm, the asthmatics, the cancer patients, those people who simply their bodies will not be able to cope with it and they will not survive. We've got to have some compassion for fellow human beings because we all want to get to the other side, not just a handful of healthy people. We all want to get to the other side. So it's, I think, made me a better person constantly thinking about what I'm doing and how it affects all the people around me and in my community.
0: That's right. And, uh, of course, we want to make sure if folks have questions, uh, would like more information about everything you've got going on in, in Washington and how that affects us here in Oklahoma, uh, the, the website, is that the best uh, the, the best Absolutely. Venue?
4: Just, just, just type in Congressman Frank Lucas on your search engine that'll take you to website, uh, that'll get you to the Twitter feed and the Facebook and all that sort of stuff. Pick up the phone and dial 202-225-5565. My district offices have been closed to the public, just as the offices here in D.C. have been closed since March. But we answer the phone, we respond to the emails, we're taking care of business. It's just a little harder. But communicate with us, because as I always say, if you don't Share your problem with us. We can't help you. If you don't ask your question, we can't answer it. And I and my staff, we learn things from from people every day because nobody knows everything. And in a big old district like this, everybody's got unique circumstances that need to be taken care of and addressed.
0: That's right. Well, uh, again, Congressman Lucas, always great to visit with you. I, I truly appreciate your time. And I, I also wanted to give you an opportunity before we, uh, before we step away to, uh, to maybe share some holiday thoughts and uh, thoughts on the new year.
4: Absolutely. I'm a very sentimental soul and I come from a reasonably large family. So the holidays are very important. Uh, whether it's Christmas or Thanksgiving, My father would actually shut down for the 4th of July because he defined that as a very important national celebration too. But being together, enjoying the food, camaraderie, community, I know lots of people have to travel to go home and see the family or have the family to come see them. It's all been disrupted in 2020. But I'm so hopeful by the time we get to the 4th of July next summer that we'll have the vaccine program out, we'll have enough people inoculated, we'll develop that herd immunity that we can get back to some semblance of normal life. And maybe not in 2020, but come 2021, we'll have the most awesome uh, awesome gatherings at Thanksgiving and Christmas and at my house on the 4th of July, too.
0: There you go. Well, Congressman, always great to visit with you. I wish you the best of uh, holiday seasons and, and a happy new year as well.
4: Absolutely. Look forward to our next conversation, Cameron.
0: Our next guest, actress Danica McKellar. Of course, you know her from Wonder Years. Got a brand new movie coming up this Sunday on Hallmark Channel. Danica, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show. Thank you for having me. And Danica, each uh, each Christmas holiday, it, it seems like the uh, celebration time gets a little earlier. In 2020, I, I don't think we ever should have <laughs> stopped. I, am I right? Yeah. No. I. So we. So there's. You know, we
5: have Hallmark Channel has movies. Well, Airing from basically right before Halloween all the way through New Year's, every Saturday and, and Sunday night, and then, and sometimes through the week they do the whole Thanksgiving week long with brand new movies, and then we have Christmas in July every year for two weeks. But this year we actually did a couple weekends of Christmas movies in March when lockdown first happened, and everyone everyone honestly requested it. People were saying. Homer Channel, can you please give us some Christmas? Please, we need some comfort. We're all stuck at home, and we're all afraid. And we want Christmas movies. And so they—that's what Homer Channel did. And 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 their commitment to making 40 Christmas movies this year, like like they usually do. I didn't think they'd be able to do it. I was like, what? And sure enough, made it happen. I'm so proud. (laughs) I'm so proud because we need it this year more than ever.
0: And Danica, I I know that you stay busy uh, elsewhere doing uh, math, mathematician, math teaching as well. And uh, I I know you're McKellar math. You've been doing all kinds of stuff to kind of help folks uh, stay active uh, during this pandemic. And uh, and how has that helped you as well?
5: Oh, yeah. Anytime you're sharing, you know, ideas, helpful ideas with other people, it helps the it helps you, too. Um, I've, been, I've been doing my McKellar Motivational Mondays every Monday, live broadcast. That's on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and uh, Twitter Live. And I, uh, I mean, I've been doing that for a long time. But particularly during the pandemic, we've been talking about all sorts of topics, like how to remain calm, like dealing with anxiety, um, homeschooling stuff. And I actually made some videos on my Instagram. Um, you can find it on my Instagram bio. They're those the circles. You go to my profile page, and one of those circles says school at home. They're the highlights. And I made a bunch of little videos about just like techniques that I've been using with my son, because he's 10 years old. I've been homeschooling him for his whole life, and we learned some tips and tricks along the way about how to focus, like what are, how do you get your kid to focus and stuff. Of <laughs> course, I do. All, I have math books. Also, and I'm so teaching math and making math fun is my specialty. But I realized I had more to offer than just the math book, but I could also share some just tips with parents who are pulling their hair out trying to figure out how to get their kids to sit down
0: and and work. Uh, I I can I can vouch for those parents too. I, I understand that uh, 2020 has been unlike any year we've ever had, and uh, now now Christmas she wrote. Tell us a, a little bit about uh, the the new film this weekend.
5: Yeah, so Christmas she wrote that comes out this Sunday at I think it says it shows at seven o'clock um, where you guys are in Oklahoma. And I'll, I'll be live tweeting, by the way. So anybody who wants to do, join the, the live watch party on Twitter, just use the hashtag ChristmasSheWrote and use my handle at Danica McKellar. And I've made it my mission that I'm going to answer every single person who tweets me during the party using those, the hashtag and my name. Um, cause that way I'll see it. Uh, and I, if you tweet me 20 times, I might not answer every single one, but my is answer. It, at least every person at least once I'm going to be on my phone, like the whole time. It's going to be awesome. Um, so it's called Christmas. She wrote, I play a writer and I have a New York, a New York, uh, newspaper column that I write called your best self. Not unlike my McKellen motivation on Mondays, to be honest, it's all about being the best version of yourself. Really funny. I was like, wait, was this like written for me? Uh, anyway, two weeks, two weeks before Christmas, my boss is switched out. Was replaced by someone else, and he has been tasked by corporate to make uh, cuts, like like cuts, and to do budget cuts and to uh, cut the fat. And he fires me without even reading my column. He fires me, and I pick myself up and decide to go home for the holidays, which I usually avoid because my ex fiancé goes home for the holidays as well. Sure enough, I do run into him there. But guess what? My new boss realizes he made a big mistake. My column was really popular, and corporate calls him and says, "If you don't get her back, you're fired." So he has to try to get me back. I have no interest in coming back to the paper because of the way he treated me, and I'm like, "I don't need you. Like, go away." He, I won't answer his calls. He finally comes to the small town trying to win me back, uh, and and he's like Mr. Scrooge. He has no Christmas spirit. You know, and I'm all about Christmas spirit. And I actually decided to write a, a new column there in hometown, my hometown, called Your Best Christmas Stuff, like a guest writer in the Pineberry Press, in the local newspaper. Uh, and so I host all these events, and he ends up coming to the events and and trying to get me back. The paper, maybe some of the Christmas spirit rubs off on him, and maybe I warm up to him, and you never know. It's a hallmark <laughs> movie, so it's a romantic comedy. Things might kind of work out, but there's a ton of comedy, and especially with like the ex-boyfriend too, and. It's a, it's a lot of fun. I'm really excited to share it with people. It's gonna it's gonna be a fun ride.
0: Now, now, Danica, when did uh, when did you resort to putting up uh, decorations yourself this year?
5: Oh, I'm looking at them right now. Um, so we started. Well, I mean, I would say we start. We don't have our tree yet because we get a live tree, and they don't last that long, you know, in the inside. So uh, we get that actually next week. Um, but it was right around, it was right before Thanksgiving, I think. We, we, we went to the storage facility and got our big tubs of decorations and started putting garland there all over.
4: <laughs> I good. love
5: garland. I love anything sparkly. Garland is <laughs> twinkle lights Bring it on.
0: That's good stuff. Now, again, the uh, the new Christmas movie, Christmas, she wrote this Sunday, uh, December sixth, eight Eastern, seven local on Hallmark Channel. And uh, Danica, always great to visit with you. I want to make sure and let our listeners know where to keep up with everything you got going uh, social media wise as well.
5: Yeah, and and I want to mention for anybody who is at home, you know, and and struggling with math in particular, I would suggest perhaps. A great New Year's resolution is that uh, math shall no longer be a struggle in this household, no longer be a, a source of stress. And I really do have um, super fun, entertaining math books to help with that. I have a very unique set of books at mckellarmath.com. You'll find them for ages zero to 16. My newest one came out this past summer. It's called The Times Machine. And it's, yes, there's time travel in it and we learn multiplication and division. And I have fun stories and little poems and silly visuals to help kids memorize their multiplication facts, which is something that I'd never really seen before. Nobody had ever really tackled it that way. And, and, and one thing you can do at home with your kids, for sure, even if you're not up on all the new Common Core techniques, which, by the way, I do teach in this book as well. And at the end, there's a new math translation guide for grown-ups. Um, but memorizing multiplication facts, that's something you can do. Like, you can help your kid learn the multiplication facts. And I've made it really fun. There's even, I, I mean, I even resort to like fart jokes. It doesn't matter. Anything to help kids memorize their multiplication facts. Um, anyway, it's super fun. And I highly recommend that these books are, they're not expensive and they will help make your life easier. So I, I, and a lot cheaper than a tutor. I hope that I can help some families out there listen to it. Um, but that's, that's com. And then in terms of social media, I'm just at Danica McKellar. I'm on Instagram facebook twitter and tiktok and it's all the same at danica mckeller
0: there you go well danica always great to visit with you my friend and uh hope you have a great christmas holiday season and uh, look forward to talking again real soon
5: you too and i and i look forward to to live tweeting with a bunch of your listeners for uh, for the movie this sunday it's going to be a lot of fun
0: that's good stuff well danica thank you so much again thank you All right, guys, our next guest here on the podcast, uh, I'm just getting introduced to him for the first time uh, personally, but I uh, know his music, uh, both on the rock side, the country rock side, uh, voice actor, a little bit of everything, Jason Charles Miller. And uh, first off, Jason, it's great to meet you, brother. Yeah, you too.
6: Now How's it going over there. Is it, uh, is it cooling down yet
0: where you are? It has cooled down. And, uh, I'm just hoping that the windows don't squeal too much. <laughs> we got, uh, got some pretty good breezes going. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We've got,
6: uh, I'm in California right now and, um, we've got those Santa Ana winds. They call them. Uh, it usually doesn't get too cold, but you walk out and sometimes you're going to get blown over.
0: <laughs> now now jason if uh if folks look up your name uh maybe country music country rock may not be the first thing that pops up what uh i i didn't google i just read the press uh stuff that i got what what is the first thing that uh that, that both folks first know about you
6: um well i mean i hope that it's what i've been doing as a solo artist for the last uh you know Ten plus years or so, but before that, um, you know, I was the lead singer of a really uh, popular um, sort of uh, rock industrial band called Godhead. So that's really what put me on the map and what gave me the career that I still have.
0: Now, so. now, how did the transition from Godhead to uh, to Jason Charles Miller? How did uh, how did the transition to the musical styles was that seamless for you?
6: Well, for me, it was seamless. Um, so I grew up in the woods of Virginia and I always loved folk and, um, country music growing up. And, but it's funny when you are in a band, you kind of pick a lane, right? You pick your style and you just go. And, um, you know, the style that we picked, uh, we had a lot of success with, and then, uh, it just started steamrolling. We were, uh, the only band ever signed to Marilyn Manson's label. And then we found ourselves on the Oz Fest. And then we found ourselves on tour with bands like Romstein and Lincoln Park and Disturbed, you know. And so like when those opportunities are presented to you, that's you go, you know, that's what you do. <laughs> so that's really like where what Godhead was sort of formed into. All the while, um, I would do acoustic shows when I could with... Um, my guitar player in the band, Mike. And, and so it wasn't a complete shock to people. Once I put out an acoustic EP, uh, and God had even did an unplugged, uh, album. And then we opened for Jonathan Davis from Korn, who also had put out an unplugged album. Um, and so I, for me, the transition was something, it wasn't even a transition because it was just another facet of my personality. Um, but yeah, when, when Godhead, things with Godhead started to slow down, my thought was, I don't want to be one of those people that puts out a solo record that sounds just like his band, yeah. you know, um, and I don't want to be one of those people that puts together a new band that sounds just like his old band. So I'm like, I, you know, Godhead, we had a lot of programming in our sound. We it was like a big machine with all these cogs moving, you know, that's how I describe it, like when we went on the, go on the road and stuff. So I wanted to do something that was totally broken down, was just about the voices and the, you know, the voice and the song um, and then build it back up from there, which is what my where my sound is now as an artist
0: and uh, you mentioned being in california how much different is the is the music scene there and and do you think that uh do you think you'll ever produce nashville wise or do you like do you like that california feel to the music as well
6: um i think you know it's interesting my album uh natural born killer that i put out in 2012 was all was exclusively recorded in nashville you know, so I love Nashville musicians, and I love the the sort of the as you call it the Nashville sound. But um, because I live in California, I'm always organically working on new music, right? So I'll uh, start recording a song, and then and it's funny because I'll bring Nashville musicians who happen to be on tour. Uh, and throw them on a track in California, like my friend Adam Schoenfeld. Uh, he he is Tim McGraw's lead guitarist. We're friends. When he was when he was playing like you know the Staples Center or like Angel Stadium or something, I ran to his hotel in the morning and dragged him over to my studio <laughs> and like here play like like he didn't even his guitars were all like you know in in the truck so i just here play this guitar go <laughs> you know uh and then um my friend uh cowboy eddie long who plays steel for jamie johnson you know so those were all actually done in california when they were in town um i do like the fact that living in la there's so many great musicians here that i can draw from the pool from whenever everybody's available so i, I and I know that that exists in Nashville too. It's just that um, I put roots down here now. And so that's kind of where I operate out of. But I, before this pandemic hit, I would usually visit Nashville between three to six times a year to write, to collaborate with others, um, and, and just to visit all of my friends. Because I, I've, I've been traveling there so much that it's, it's like a second home to me.
0: Now the the pandemic being what it has uh zoom rights so many pe- people have uh, been doing zoom rights what how long did it take to to get a feel for the zoom right and it di- was it ever or is it even uh, a comfortable right for you
6: Well luckily I've had some experience with it because because I would travel to Nashville and do a lot of songwriting trips. There might be a great song that got started but not finished. So it got started in person but not finished in person. So we would finish them over Skype. And I find that uh, a partially a partially completed song is much easier to finish remotely than starting from scratch. But we're humans; we adapt, right? <laughs> so uh, I've written. I'm I'm currently working on a project with another person in la but because it's the pandemic he's on the he's on he's on the west side i'm in the valley we've just been doing it over uh over skype and zoom the whole project
0: that's pretty cool now i think i've adapted (laughs) yeah now i I see you got a couple of guitars there and i know that you mentioned you you, you'd play something for us i I, i'm i'm excited to hear what uh what you're gonna what you're gonna play for us today
6: Yeah. um, Well, so, okay. So my new album comes out in February and actually, so I have, I already have two albums slated to come out in 2021, Um, February and then, and then the summer. I haven't picked an exact date for that. Um, And that's, what's nice about uh, having your own label is you can decide those decisions (laughs) as they come up. But um, so I, but A song from the album is out already, and I thought maybe I'd play that. So it's called Better Late Than Never, and I wrote it with Jonathan Tyler, who is a great artist from Texas, who is not only an amazing solo artist, but he's also in Nikki Lane's band. Um, And he lived in California for one year, and we wrote this together when he was Living here, and it's one of those songs where, like, I really believed in it. And when we were putting it together for the last record, um, you know, I and here I'm just rambling on, but <laughs> I'm sure many artists will tell you they've got songs they believe in, but maybe like a record company guy was in a bad mood that day when they played it for him or her, and then that's all. Then it's it's in the discard pile, and you can never get it out. Well, I got it out because I believe in it so much. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah. This is it. This is called better late than never.
7: Now no time I can never get back. But I got home your back, back. You slip down the world. Now I can't believe the things I heard. Can't stop thinking about the way things were I never saw it coming, never things a blur. Give me a sign. Town. it's hard to show my face now that you're not around but here i stand just trying to find a clue to the mystery of what happened to me and you give me a sign
0: That's good stuff right there. I was getting into that one. <laughs> now, not only do folks know you from, uh, from, from Godhead now from music and, uh, but, but you're also been uh, doing some voiceover stuff has, has 2020 uh, how has that affected that, that side of things?
6: Crazily enough, um, 2020 has been really good for voiceover, probably because it's one of the few industries that's still working and we can kind of work without uh at least you know now now things have come back um things have started back up in california even on camera uh stuff is kind of in full swing um the uh the guilds and the unions kind of needed to figure out you know how to make it safe um, but when everything was shut down for about five months uh luckily you know i get access my studio and alone and can go record voiceover alone. So uh, I've had some pretty crazy bookings this year. Um, I'm trying to think of the ones I'm allowed to talk about and the ones I'm not, because uh, <laughs> you talk to any voice actors, like, yeah, I'm under like 15 blanket NDAs <laughs> at, any, at any time, but a couple of really cool career career milestones have happened for me. Um, one, I got to voice Optimus Prime. Nice, that's uh, awesome. And in, in, uh, the game World of Warships had a crossover with Transformers, uh, and uh, I was cast as Optimus Prime, which was like a dream come true. Uh, I also sang on, I was hired to sing on two commercials this year, uh, the um the game Final Fantasy fourteen I sang the theme song for it last year, and then a new downloadable content came out this year, and I also sang the theme for that. Uh, there was a show on Cartoon Network called um, DC Superhero Girls, so it's basically like Wonder Woman, Supergirl. Uh, the female Green Lantern, like three or four other superheroes, if they all like lived in a boarding school or something.
7: <laughs> <laughs> that was the concept of it,
6: you know, for Cartoon Network. But uh, the character Raza Ghoul. Uh, I was brought in to be his singing voice because there were two episodes where the whole plot of the show was that he, uh, he wanted to rule the world with the power of his evil heavy metal music <laughs> and uh, they hired me to be his singing voice, which was awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, luckily uh, it's been one of the things that's been kind of keeping me going, you know, Hey, look, I, I, I'm not, you know, the world's tiniest violin is going to play right now for the (laughs) fact that like I had two European tours cancel and a U.S. tour cancel. And I was on all these great festivals this year, you know, look, you, you get sad about that, but then you look past it and you got to find a way to, to continue on and figure out what comes next. So, uh, you know, did I did I get depressed for a couple of days over all that? Sure, I did. But then I said, you know what? Let's just let's keep going and figure out what's next.
0: Well, well, well That leads right into my uh, my tag question for the last couple of months is, uh, what have you learned most about yourself this year?
6: Uh, I guess what I've learned most about myself is, um, I, I hmm, that's tough. You know, I don't. I feel like maybe I'm more resilient than I thought I was. Uh, maybe I found some inner, um, just more inner confidence. Uh, there, there, are things that that happen that you know. Uh, I I will say this. I am a uh, over. I'm an overthinker and I'm an overworrier. But uh, some of the situations that we've all been in this year. Um, sort of push me to the edge of that to the point to where uh, you know what, I can, I can kind of step back and um, let, you know, do the best that I can and just let the universe decide the rest.
0: That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Now, now Jason, if folks want to find more information, not only about uh, the singles that have been released, the upcoming uh, album release and uh, and everything else you got going on.
6: The best way, obviously, is uh, my just remember my name, jasoncharlesmiller.com. And that'll take you to every social media platform that your favorite is, um, you know, I'm, I'm very active on. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I post there almost every day. I have a weekly show. I have two weekly shows right now, which is kind of crazy. So Monday night, I do a show called Miller's Music Mondays, and I have a different guest every week to keep it fun. So I run it like a Nashville songwriter round. I start and I play the opening song, and then I bring on the guest and they play, and then we go back and forth. Uh, And then we talk, and it's almost always a friend of mine already. So we'll talk about crazy things that happened or different things that we did and the adventures that we've gotten into together. And then on, on Tuesdays, so that's Monday nights Then Tuesday afternoons. Here's where the video game world and I collide um, the, the company Codename entertainment. They put out the video game idol champions. I do a songwriting show on their channel. And what we do is this, this is really fun. We pick a different character from the game and, every week and we write a song about that character with the audience participating. So they'll throw out lyric ideas, they'll throw out whole verse or chorus ideas, and then we'll be like, yeah, I like that, let's throw that into the song. And so we're, we're you know, Writing a song with thousands of people at the same time—we really the song like you couldn't really outsource that on a song that you might release, but so this is very specific for the game. But it's also fun for people that want to see sort of the process of songwriting. And and participate in it a little bit. My co-host, Dylan, was never a songwriter before. He works for the game company, but now eighteen episodes in, I've made him a
0: songwriter. <laughs> That's good stuff. <laughs> Again, jasoncharlesmiller.com uh, Jason Charles Miller.com, the best place for all of it, right? Yeah. All right. Well, well Jason, I, I truly appreciate you taking some time and uh sharing some music with us today. Uh hopefully we can catch up once this thing opens up and uh, and catch up face to face.
6: I hope so. It was great to meet you, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks again for joining us for this 60-second episode of Good Questions with Cameron Dole. If you ever have a comment, question, anything else you'd like to know, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at GQ with Cam. If you'd like to help out in the funding for this podcast, feel free to click the support tab and follow the instructions. If you have a special guest idea, email me, GQ with Cam at gmail.com. Com. Again, thanks to our friend Brandon Allen for coming up with a the theme music for Good Questions. We'll let him play for a few. We'll be back with episode number 63 coming up tomorrow.